know it's got to be real. Like I joke about about being a judge. I would just lay I would lay waste to stupidity. I would I would have no time for the stupid lawsuits or anything like that. I would boom, boom. But in all honesty, I'm sure it's a job that sometimes haunts you it, because it you don't want to get it wrong. That's right. And, you know, I think over time what happens is you really begin to understand the fabric of our humanity. And, you know, people, you know, they make mistakes. Uh, people have real grievances. And you want to do right by mm-hmm. them. And it's the last forum for which you can have disagreement and hopefully civility yeah. will prevail. Mm-hmm. And justice hopefully will prevail. And that's a, a difficult thing to have to preside over. So I'll tell you, judges have a very tough job. I, I don't envy them. And to be responsible for really what, you know, could be life-changing moments in people's lives, I don't think they get enough credit for that sort of work. It's a very tough job. They could also wear shorts and a t-shirt under that robe. Nobody's going to know. And no one would know. And it's awesome. (laughs) Or a shirt with a hole in the armpit. All right. Easy. Here we go. (laughs) Right? The Nobody fashion. would call you out on the air no one, and as a judge. Dare. And, they wouldn't dare. And when somebody doesn't shut up, you can throw them in jail. Right, yeah. That is the best. You know? Can, <laughs> you, can you imagine? Thanks. Bam! Bye, Laura. Yeah. Like, oh you would need me. You'd be getting me out. You're oh. right. You're right. Good point. Oh, the absolute best right there. Right. But know. I'll tell you, the, the judges that I've seen, I think they do enjoy the work and they do work hard. So it, it's Just a really something to think guy. about, counselor. Just a friend no, of mine happened to text me. There. Moment there, there you go. Uh, all right, Laura, you had a question for uh, Ryan mm, Rusman. Yes. Legal Tuesday. You can still email us here in our, our second segment. Greg at morningbuzz.com, Laura or Roadkill at morningbuzz.com, and Ryan will answer them. Go. My in laws are 90 and 86. They own a home that they live. They own the home they live in. Their health is declining, and they'd like to sell the house, but they're afraid to because somebody told them that the state will look back at 10 years of finances if they end up in a nursing home. They would like to sell it before they end up in the nursing home, but they're afraid if they sell it cheap, the state will go after whoever they sell it for for more money. And and there are concerns about look back in terms of protecting assets. And so this is an excellent moment for me to say to the public who's listening that, you know, a a strong idea is to have a state plan put in place early on because there are look back periods for which the government can seek to assess and recover funds that were used in terms of their end of life care if there are those sorts of bills that exist. So having a state plan, something as simple as a will can help, having trust instruments to protect these assets from uh, being seized if there are, in fact, bills and debts that are owed. Those are circumstances and things you want to think about now while you're young. This is you know, a very simple thing. It's not necessarily very expensive, but l- let me just use this opportunity to say you don't want to be in a situation when you're in your late 70s, 80s, and 90s saying, okay, now I want to do an estate plan because you're in the situation that these folks are in yeah. and not able to get that protection. So it is a legitimate concern. As I, I, did, I had the done with uh, Ryan, actually, and uh, it was very easy. It was a very easy uh, process. Ryan, Thank Ryan, you. what are we getting? I didn't like the. Uh, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't like the. Yeah, lo- you're I, didn't, nothing. I didn't like the lawyer much, but I mean, he did. You know. He was kind of. A, he, <laughs> he was, was kind of. You know, he's a little stiff. No, it so, was. You know, it, it was, was very. It was very smooth and, and very easy. Go so ahead. by saying that, are we are we not getting? Anything? I get. You know, listen. You know, I can't no. Talk uh. about such <laughs> Let me just tell you that. No. What if he touched me, Laura? I'm definitely not talking. Laura, not talking to you. Okay. 14-year-old daughter doesn't want to spend as much time with her father, who is very bitter from the divorce 10 years ago. She's 
and he's trying to force her to go when she doesn't want to. At what age can she make her own choices as to where she wants to go on her weekends? Well, there's no definitive age necessarily, but I would say as a rule of thumb that typically 13 is an age for which courts will look and hear the opinions of, of adolescents in a more serious light. What I would suggest is if there's a seek of change in custody that a guardian ad litem would be perhaps something that they would invest in to have an independent voice for this child. I will tell you this, though. You know, when we all go through adolescence, our views and and feelings towards our parents change. And what you need to be aware of is that hopefully this is a temporary condition. You know, parents want to be with their children, but there's a time where children don't want to be with their parents. And it's that adolescence time that's most difficult. So you can, you know, seek a court action to change the custody arrangement. But I would so I would caution you to think strategically and long term. You know, children need both parents. They need them both equally, moms right. and, and dads. I think even at 14 years old, I'd be forcing my kids to see me. Having said that, <laughs> I think all you do the way that around. Having, I know. But- having said that, uh, if I'm the dad and I hear that my child does not want to come to see me because I'm still stewing over the divorce then i got to change something. And, and yeah. that may be true. And I would say to you, that's why the circumstances are unique. Having right. an outside third party like a GAL be involved in the case might be able to give some perspective on the circumstances. And, you know, listen, divorce is hard. And even post-divorce is hard because those feelings, they just don't simply go away. But what I can tell you is you have to start making a change right away. Not just for yourself, but for your family. You have to, as soon as the divorce is over, you have to start letting go and trying to put your family and your children first. It's a very serious subject. Divorce! That's why. All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> there you go. Good Lord. Uh, during the summer, right. I always wondered about this. It happened to me while I was on vacation. Uh, when schools are out, I see a lot of... Uh, hold on, where'd it go? Uh, when schools are out, they basically, they still have the, the traffic lights when you go by saying, you know, during yes. the summer, a lot of schools have the drive 20 mile an hour sign flashing, even though school is out. It's only supposed to be when school is in session. Would I get a speeding ticket if I was going 30 when the, when the limit and, and sign you, is off? And you could because in many schools there are summer sessions and students are still attending during the school year. Even in elementary schools, they have extended uh, school programs for which kids come to school for additional tutoring and support. So I, if there's a flashing sign, I, the caution is just to simply slow down. The matter of seconds that it will take to do that is not going to save you that much time on the under, other end of your commute. And let me be frank, you're in a situation where if there are children present, you don't want to be wrong. Yeah, You just don't want to be wrong in that circumstance. I'm a Massachusetts resident with a license to uh, conceal carry. I've heard the laws uh, of change. Do I still need the license to uh, legally carry in New Hampshire if I have a Massachusetts license? Well, if you have a Massachusetts license, New Hampshire does not have a concealed permit requirement any longer. I will tell you, though, that it depends on the specific type of firearm. If it's an NFA firearm that requires you to notify the the, ATF that you're going to take that sort of weapon across state uh, lines, there are certain specific regulations that are in place. So I want to know what kind of weapon you're bringing across state lines. That has an impact on the analysis. So you want to be really familiar with the federal statutes. The National Firearms Act will give you some guidance on the type of firearms that need to be, uh, if you will, notified by the ATF to take across state lines. Even if you're going to go from, like, let's say you live in in, uh, New Hampshire, you want to drive up to Maine just across the border to some sand pits to do some shooting. If it's a 
particular type of firearm, those certain firearms need to have notice to the ATF in order for it to just to go across state lines. And it, it's really in a, a very serious subject, and that's why I would caution you uh, not to just blanketly answer the question, sure, you can bring it up here across state lines. I may have been in a sandpit or two uh, last week <laughs> with, some, with, with things that go boom. Right, uh, right. Do you go to the range? You, 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 you do. I, I do shoot, and I yeah. think it's important that if you do shoot and you do own firearms that you are up to date and know how to use those and operate those weapons. Sure. If you don't, you become rusty like anything else, and you want to be proficient if you're going to have them. And especially if you're going to use them in the area of home defense, you really want to know what you're doing. I'll go to the range with you, bro. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, great. Absolutely. Great. Crutchy, I'm pregnant. I haven't told my work yet. I plan to tell them, but I don't intend to come back after the baby is born. If I were to let them know this, but give uh, a five months notice so I can work up until my due date, could they let me go beforehand? Well, I think they, they could always do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's an employee will. If there are circumstances that they feel are warrant, they could fire you. I live in a single-family home. John owns a two-family next door. John does not live there. He lets his daughter live there. There's a tenant upstairs from her. However, she's posting on Craigslist rooms for rent. She's renting out her living room and kitchen as rooms to collect extra money. To put this mildly, she's not picky about her tenants. Is it legal to rent rooms that are not bedrooms? Thank it would, you. <laughs> it would depend on the circumstances of the town in which the, the, the circumstances are happening in. So every town has certain requirements in terms of square footage, if you will, or accommodations for rent. Uh, and so I would be want to familiarize myself with those particular local ordinances before I gave, if you will, any general advice over, over the air like that. Thinking of importing an R32, which is a 1993 Nissan Skyline. They are finally legal this year. I don't know what, whatever. It's a very hot car. Okay. Uh, is, as in stolen? Hot as in no, stolen? No, I don't know if you use it no, a street term. No. I wasn't I don't sure. Street when you okay. say hot, I mean you don't, boost it, you don't boost a vehicle? You don't do any of that stuff? No. So, chop shop? You, all, you don't talk I know that? what a chop shop okay. is. But, all right. there's, I, so there's no AC in it? Yeah. It's okay. a hot yeah, right, right, exactly. It's so very warm. They are finally legal this year. Assuming I find and import one and it makes it through customs, what challenges might I be looking at uh, at getting it registered and road legal? Well, again, you're still subject to the state inspection requirements, so you would have to make sure that it passes all the emissions tests, and you'd have to make sure that there are those regulations in terms of front plate, li license plate, rear plate, license plate. New Hampshire has that. I think it's a ridiculous statute, but we still have it on the books. So there are, there are issues that you would have to be uh, compliant with, mm -hmm. even though it may be permissible to import on a national level, you still have to apply state regulations in order for it to be street legal in this particular state. Legal Tuesday on the Buzz. Buzz Legal Advisor Attorney Ryan Russman in with us. I recently resigned from a job due to a fairly hostile work environment. I was a director, but the expectations were far beyond unrealistic. The owners have admitted to that and have taken some ownership. I have about eight weeks of paid time off owed to me. My last day was Friday. They are not responding to when that paid time off will be processed. Is it a law? Uh, in Massachusetts, that I get paid that money. I know you. I, I can't you speak can't. to Massachusetts. Uh, if law, this were in New Hampshire, but you would be entitled to vacation time if you earn earn vacation time if you were a New Hampshire resident. It was so, not a use it or lose it thing. Second part of the question is: Would you be able to file unemployment needs based on circumstances I had to, that I had to resign again because I'm in, unfamiliar right, with the Massachusetts right. statutes. I don't want to dispense that sort of advice o over the air. Mm -hmm. But but I will tell you that you know what I would do, and I've said this many times before: is have a conversation with a lawyer, an employment lawyer. Massachusetts. I mean, mm -hmm. there are very a few. There are several of us that will offer free consultations, and that's what we're there for: try and help people. Good. My Lord. boyfriend and I have been together for five years. He is still legally married. His spouse lives in Massachusetts, and they have been separated for ten years. 
We have joint property and bank accounts together. If something happens to him, can she get access to anything that has also my name on it? Well, if you're saying anything happens to him, I presume that if he, he dies, is that the... Yeah, the well, I mean, if they are, in fact, as I understand, they're still married. Is that right? Yes. So, I mean, there would be, in fact, certain uh, statutes, depending upon where they were married and where the marriage is cited from and where he's living now, that they could waive, uh, if there was a will, a new will in place, they could be entitled to an insta- what's called a statutory share, and there could be, in fact, some interest there. So, you know, it would make sense to finalize the, the dissolution of... Of that marriage to move on. I mean, I want to go back to the the, the uh, uh, subject we were talking about with the kid and the fourteen year old who doesn't want to go with the dad, according to the mom. Sure, is a guy he texted me, and it's, it's a legitimate point. Just because the bitchy woman says the daughter does not want to see her dad doesn't make it true. She's probably uh, trying to push her daughter from the dad. Don't be like the courts and always side with the woman. Get both sides. Well, I would argue the same thing back to you. Because, I mean, you're painting it w- one way. I, I agree that right. could, you could be right. It could be Absolutely could case. be right. And, and the, but that, so could she. And that's why, you know, as, as I said earlier, to yeah. have an independent party speak to the child about what their wishes are is, I think, the best course of action. Mr. McMullen. Sometimes when you see famous people settle outside of court, is that because they might be guilty and they, they just want to pay up. Gene Simmons just recently settled a sexual misconduct lawsuit. lawsuit. No, because very often these people that are in high profile positions don't want just the negative press. And unfortunately, even if they ultimately are found to be not responsible for the conduct that's been alleged, their name and their family and all the things that are brought up and dredged through the media, it's hard to recover those things. You know, there was a fellow that was involved in the Iran-Contra affair years and years ago. He was acquitted on the courthouse steps. Uh, he was asked famously, um, well, how do you feel? And he says, I don't know. I, where do I go to get my reputation back? Because even though he was ultimately acquitted, you know, the salacious accusations were enough to damage him forever. So very often, celebrities will settle out of court simply just to end this, end the story and not have to subject their families to what could be very harmful and difficult litigation, even if they ultimately prevail. Your reaction, I always thought, like, as an honest man, mm-hmm. as a man that's accused of something he did not do, I would go like, I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't, but it's, it, now it's at the point where... It doesn't matter almost sometimes because you're you're done before you even get a chance to defend yourself. Right. You're excoriated in the press. People formulate judgments and opinions that aren't necessarily right. true, founded in any sort of fact. And your family is subjected to this this scrutiny that is really unfair because they're not the ones that are being brought into the action. You are. So very often making a settlement like that, there's typically a, you know a gag order in place. And, you know, that's how these individuals are able to you know, protect their family. Look at Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. The, a woman came out and wrote a, a blog that made allegations that were allegedly about him, but his name wasn't even mentioned in the article. He lost all of his TV shows. Yep. They took him right off television. Ne- the day after. It wasn't even a, uh, let's see, let's investigate to find out. This guy lost it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's crazy that we live in a world where that's possible. Right. What's happened now is that, unfortunately, the pendulum has swung far to an extreme. It used to be the other extreme. And you have the Harvey Weinstein stories and the Me Too movement, which has brought to the forefront a lot of these issues. Which it should. And and I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that where there's legitimate issues, the difficulty is, is that 
unfortunately, in any circumstance, there are bad actors that you know take opportunity and they you know really abuse it. So yeah. unfortunately, there's a very difficult balance between. Yeah. Standing up for what's right, but also protecting your family. All right, here's the question I had earlier. I, I got it now. Uh, all right, so here's a, a person that was a divorced three years. They, they her and the husband share a four year old uh, who was visiting him uh, in up until March when he got a DUI with the kid in the vehicle. Mm. He served 15 days uh, due to child endangerment. Mm-hmm. Since then, the woman allowed two visits. On the second one, he was intoxicated again. I've informed my ex that he won't be seeing this, our son until he gets proper help, rehab, therapy, whatever. Is there anything I can file that will legally require him to get help in order uh, to get visitation rights? Well, if, if in fact there's an existing court order that says that he is to be sober at the time that there's visitation, then you could file a motion for contempt. What if there isn't that existing court if there, order? If there isn't that motion in contempt, then you, what you may want to do is file a motion to modify the existing child arrangements mm-hmm. and bring that issue as a reason for such a change. And courts will very often look at those circumstances and say, listen, you need to wear a sobriety, you need to do a 28-day program, and in fact the offender may avail themselves of those circumstances themselves because they want to have contact with their child. Mm -hmm. So you can use that as a moment of clarity so that that individual will change their behavior. But I want to say something about alcoholism. It is a disease. Okay, it is a disease for which people have very little control over. And to, to if you will, vilify in the way that has been in our society, I think, is generally wrong. You know, we don't vilify cancer victims. We don't vilify people who have illnesses. I'm sorry, I, I can't. I can't, well, make, it, I can't make that it, parable. It, it, I can't. It, it, you don't have you to. You can't it, sit there and say the that science, alcoholism and cancer are the, the same. Sci- the science would, re- would, would refute what you just said, okay. unfortunately. And so the difficulty is that until we start looking at this as a health crisis in our country, um, I I think that you're going to continue to see these kinds of alcohol-related deaths and, and bad behavior. You, it is an absolute. More people are killed in the United States by alcohol than by the I'm current not heroin that. addiction. But that you are also going choose you choose to take a drink, your first drink. That's, you, that's, you choose to take your first drink. You don't choose to get cancer if you, unless you smoke. Well, and then that's a different thing. Here's the difficulty with, with that analogy, and that is that. People that have their first drink sometimes don't realize that they're predisposed to being. An I understand alcoholic. that. I understand. And so that. once they have that first drink, while it is, if you will, in your description, a choice, what then becomes not a choice is the 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 synapses that work in the brain that bring that person to want to drink as a compulsion, I, and that is the real dilemma. I, I, look, I'm not going to tell you that you know there, there's a choice to consume the alcohol. The problem is that. For the alcoholic, it is not an unconstrained choice like for someone like you and I who is not an alcoholic. Those individuals literally can't go days or minutes sometimes or hours without thinking about consuming alcohol. I understand it as a disease. I understand that addiction is real. I'm not denying that. I don't like comparisons to cancer. I just don't. It just... I, I can't rectify that and, in my and, brain. And, and, reason, and maybe that's me, you know, but I can't. But I, the reason why I chose that as an example is because our society is so familiar with mm-hmm. the profound negative health effects of cancer that I want to be able to elevate the, the concern that I have for these individuals to that same okay. plane. All right. Go ahead, Laura. We just got time for one more here. How do I prove I was not speeding when I got into an accident? There were no witnesses, minor damage to my front end. My airbags did not deploy. The other person told the police officer I was going 60. 
And now her insurance company is not claiming 100% fault for her failure to yield while turning left. My GPS said I've only traveled 0.2 miles in two minutes, which proves I was not going over 30. Is that enough evidence? No. What I would suggest doing is if, depending upon the year and make and model of your car, they have black boxes now, which you can do a download, and it will tell you exactly how fast your vehicle is going prior to the impact. And it goes back several seconds, so you'll be able to determine whether or not you're accelerating or not accelerating. There's a lot of technology in cars now that can help you in that circumstance. Last question. Could you please ask Mr. Russman if there's anything one can do about a health inspector that is harassing a business? Well, what you can do is document the number of times that they come in and the conduct that's going on there. And in documenting that, if there, in fact, appears to be a pattern of abuse, and that would be something the burden would be on you to prove, is you could bring it to the superiors of that individual. So the town fathers, the people that employ that individual, those are the things that you can do to, you know, rectify that sort of situation. I know we don't have time. I have a very serious one that I really wanted to bring up. Just came in. Do I have any recourse against a school or parent or child who is bullied by a middle schoolers so severely threatened to kill her her family she ended up in the hospital medicated going to therapy i'm a new hampshire resident all the incidents were reported through the school when they occurred if the school is not taking proper action then i would go to the police department there are statutes on the books now that talk about bullying there might be even causes of action for harassment and so on and if or criminal threatening if the police uh, excuse me if the school is not responding then i would certainly bring it to the attention of the police and see if they can assist in terms of rectifying that situation yeah, you just you piss some people off. <laughs> well, just letting you know. You know, I, you listen, know. I, you know I'll, I'll tell I you I bristle something. at that comment, man. I, I would not. I just can't. And it's been mentioned on the on, on the show by other people, sure. respected professionals, who, who've made that comparison. And it just makes my blood boil it, when I, I hear it. I hear you. So. And, folks, all I can tell you is this, that, you know, as part of my practice, I see people that come in that struggle with alcohol on a daily basis. And no one wakes up in the morning and chooses to be an addict. It, they just don't. And if it was an unconstrained choice, I, I might have more empathy for that position uh, that those people that hold. But I'll tell you something. No one wants to be in the situation that they're in, particularly if they're facing that kind of addiction. But if, I, no one does. But if I never take a drink, can I still be diagnosed with alcoholism? It, it would depend on... No. I, the answer is no. But the problem is that when you... I mean, you make that first, you have that first drink, you don't know whether or not you have that compulsion. You may have some But I can't get that it, disease like yeah, but, I can with cancer. Yeah, but That's you can say, point. but going outside in the but, sun, but, oh, you could get cancer. Or using the chemicals that you don't know, you could get Laura, cancer. There, or, there are people that don't over it. You know as well as I do. That cancer can happen in a million different ways. Correct. A lot of, may, so, that may not have anything to do with what you do as the You can eat up plastic and, in the and, microwave and, oh, you and, got and, cancer. There's so many different ways well, you could. I do a lot the, of plastic. I understand where you're coming from. The science is on my side. It's all I can say that you know the the the, the health professionals agree with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Period. Uh, okay. Until all right, that's fine. Well, we can agree. We, we disagree, disagree, and that's fine. Well, anyway, good to talk to you. Great counselor. to talk to you. You know, I still would go to the range with you. I, and you I'm, know I'll I mean? bring something in in just a moment to show you. Okay. All right. <laughs> excellent. We'll take a quick break. We got news and sports to come on, uh, coming up. If we didn't get, we got to most of the questions, I think. But if you still have a question you want to ask Ryan, you can email him, Ryan at Russmanlaw uh, dot com. Thank you, counselor. Great to hear. Quick from break. You guys. We're coming right back. Right Thank after you. this. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's a very dynamic, smart, thoughtful group of people.